Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome back to the Selfie Show. It's Tori and Sam. Two besties bring you all things healthcare, humor, and unpopular opinions. And I have not slept, and I'm grumpy, and yeah. I just feeling feisty today. You, you know are. How many like f bombs have I dropped just before we've even recorded today? Oh my god, you guys. It, it's <laughs> we are life in samples right now, and but today we're about to get into. A good one that's going to help you get realigned with who you are and all the things. I actually need to go back and listen to this episode to get my energy balanced because I am tired and cranky (laughs) and hungry. You've had a long week. You've been grinding, 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 going, going. It has been a couple. I feel like this month for us has been just kind of one of those months. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm cross-eyed. I slept this weekend from 5 p.m. until 3 p.m. the next day. That's insane. That's what I used to do. Yeah, when I would do a long stretch of night shift and pick up overtime and just be running on empty and then finally have a few days off and you crash for 24 hours. That's what it finally felt like. I got home Thursday from being on a work trip, worked all day Friday, and then after work Friday, I just laid down and went to sleep with all the lights on and kind of woke up around midnight to turn everything off and went right back to sleep, slept in all day until I texted you and I was like, are you alive? Barely. (laughs) No, I just, I needed sleep. I had, my body was just like, bitch, stop, catch up. And that I did. You had a lot going on. I'm excited for you because there's some things down the pipeline, hopefully, that will be come to fruition because oh, of this. Man, I don't know. I'm just I'm out here grinding, grinding, queen, but queen. But today we're going to be discovering your unique human design gifts and talents, you guys. Okay, so here's my thought on this. Just so you know, this is a fabulous episode. I really want you guys to go and do your human design. And listen back to this because we're going to be dropping so many amazing things about human design. What is it? And applying this to your lives. I'm obsessed with this. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Before, yeah. FYI, that also requires knowing what time you were born. <laughs> yes. It so does. get out your birth certificate, unless you're like me. I don't have a birth certificate. Yeah. You guys, I literally do not know where it she is. She had to order hers. I lost it so long ago. And I texted my mom and said, what time I was born? She said, it's on your birth certificate. And I was like, thanks, mother. <laughs> the most millennial thing ever. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, I don't have my birth certificates and I now have to go down to the courts or like vitalrecords.org. It's like, we made it happen. Oh my God. Why is it so hard to like, I know. I feel like you should be able to pay to view it online. I don't even need a hard copy. I just want to see the image so I can know what time I was born. Mm -hmm. Is that too much to ask so that I can figure out why I am the way that I am? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So speaking of which, what is your unpopular opinion? this week sam i mean tori was sitting right in front of me when i get some dating app match requests of like someone that matched me and i'm like vegan no (laughs) absolutely not i you know what i'm popular opinion like i don't want anyone to tell me how to eat so i'm not going to tell someone else how to eat but i don't want to be with you it's so funny (laughs) because i think there's this trend of diet as a personality trait, right? It's like if you're vegan, that's a personality trait. If you're keto, that's a personality trait. And there's so many things going on. I I know we talked about this. So if you guys aren't familiar, there's a guy out there, Liver King, who 
It's definitely on roids, but who literally has denied being on steroids? Who actually got caught his entire career yeah. and is so obscenely jacked from eating liver and <laughs> organ meats and being a, on a pure carnivore right. diet yep. and has all these supplements, which Tori and I even have, mm -hmm. which are great. I do need liver. I'm fucking anemic, but. Bro is saying that this is all natural and then totally paper trail comes out that he's on all these mm -hmm. anabolic steroids. Like, oh, yeah. okay. And then and there's he, yeah. Carnivore MD, who's another one who promotes all things protein. Like all he eats is protein. And we were just talking about this because I got on the phone with Jacob to like just confirm this because I couldn't remember his name. And then Sam and him both were basically like, he does not look well. He looks like jaundiced. I don't know. I get his lab works great. He's very in shape. He peak health but you look just also like a little hungry mm. and I don't know there's something like quality in life listen I think you're annoying if you're a vegan no offense if you're a vegan I'm happy for you again make your own decisions yeah. I don't want anyone ever telling me what to eat or do but I think it's really annoying when someone's one extreme for the other carnivore diet guy annoys me just as much as vegans annoy me mm -hmm. a balance baby yeah i want to eat a steak and i want to wash it down with a donut <laughs> cake is delicious oh thank you gosh. very much extremes i think just aren't working i don't know i mean there are people who really buy into these things but for me I like I like a balance, right? Like I'm going to eat and do my athletic greens and be all healthy and then finish it off at the night with some champagne. Thank you very much. And look, I'm like knocking my own people. My little sister's been a vegetarian her entire life. What's her reasoning? Is it? So she wasn't as a kid because we would feed her chicken and steak and stuff. But steak, you don't know that it's an animal. Steak is not the name of an animal. Right. You know what I mean? But then when chicken and she was like, wait. I, this is chicken on the plate is that like chicken the animal and we're like well duh and she's mm. like oh, never again mm. never touched another bite of any sort of meat again her entire life and she's actually not annoying about it she's not one that needs special accommodations and has to tell you she just eats her little brussels sprouts everywhere she goes and she's chilling and she's mm -hmm. happy but I don't know there's nothing better than a like bone-in marbled ribeye Mwah, chef's mm. kiss medium rare reverse sear oh talk dirty to me <laughs> a little butter on top but again if someone's gonna be a pure carnivore diet I'm like no I need my emotional support ice cream cone from Chick-fil-a every week yeah. I need some carbs I need I need balance absolutely I don't know talk about on the way so home. maybe I'll just be single forever because I'm sorry if I just also me, think okay. if you tell me you're plant-based or you're a vegan I'm like I don't want to go out to eat with you it's a little funny when it's where I'm gonna be the, hungry what are you going to feed me on a dating profile though like I don't know is that like it, it is a personality trait it's always something that people put on but I'm glad or, they do I don't want to get on a date to find out that they're a vegan it weeds it out yeah let's weed it out because I'm not eating that shit okay and we love this for you to each their own oh man we're living i told you i think i'm just tired and cranky and hungry when that came up so i was like let me just go on a rant we're going we're going there we love this for us well get buckle up you guys get ready this is a fabulous episode yes so today we have erin claire jones she is a human design expert and she uses human design to help thousands of individuals and companies step into their work and find out their truest selves and reach their highest potential. Erin works as a speaker, coach, and guide who has attracted a growing community of over 200,000 people. She provides practical tools and deeper self-knowledge that everyone can access to live with a greater ease and authenticity each day. We really wanted to bring her on because she's a true expert and have her help us break down 
like an emotional, energetic, and psychological analysis of us mm-hmm. and all of you. Erin is one of the most well-respected, foremost leaders in this space with work featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, Vogue, Allure, Well and Good, and Nylon. Words shared over 150 podcasts, such as Almost 30, That's So Retrograde, and Chatty Broads. Erin's insights are highly sought after because they make human design pragmatic, tangible, accessible, and immediately applicable to your everyday life. So today we're going to get into human design. What is it? How you can apply it to your lives and those you love. Areas of burnout, strengths, personality traits, and your unique talents. How to rebalance yourself and just find out the way that you operate. So today, you guys, she has so kindly offered all of us a code. So if you use the code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E, you are going to get 10% off of your own Blueprint book. You're going to head to humandesignblueprint.com and use code SELFIE, and then you can apply that to this very episode. Highly recommend go check out your human design, what makes you you, and then listen back to this and apply it to your everyday lives. We are so excited. So without further ado, let's welcome Erin Claire Jones to The Selfie Show. Thank you so much, Erin, for coming on today. So we actually just did Sam's chart, and I can't wait to dig into this because She's newer to this kind of new, the human design and all this. So thank you for coming on. We're so excited to dig into this and all the goods. So happy to be here. I'm excited to learn. Yeah. So let's go back to maybe square one. How did you get into human design? Let's hear about your background and what led you up to this part of your life. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could have ever anticipated that I would end up in human design. I had no idea what it was when I was growing up. So I discovered human design in 2015. I was living in New York City and I had been working with a number of different startups and I was liking the work that I was doing, but it also didn't feel totally in alignment. And on the side of that, I was exploring a lot of different modalities and systems. And basically in 2015, I was at a gathering in New York City and sat next to a stranger who asked to read my human design chart. And I was curious about myself and I was like, okay, tell me what you see. And he gave me the most accurate, insightful reading I had ever heard. Mm -hmm. And he actually ended that conversation by saying, Aaron, I think you're meant to do this. I would love to teach you. I'd love to share human design with you. And so it was just a wild experience. And I think he really started introducing the system to me. And the deeper I got, the more astounded I was. And I think that I had come from so many different startups. And so I got really interested initially in bringing human design to business. Uh, and it's expanded much since then. Yeah. I was going to say, because I feel like human design is sort of in vogue, right? It's like, all of a sudden it popped out of nowhere. Prior to that, we had, we've had we had astrology, we've had all these different things, Myers-Briggs, but now human design seems like the new thing. And it's crazy because when I initially started doing this, it is so accurate. It's almost like it's very, it's weird how accurate it is about yourself. And what I think is so cool is it's really a tool for you to really understand yourself, but also how partnerships and business, which I think is really interesting because that's how you have really specialized is bringing this to the workplace. But let's maybe go back. So what is human Wait, design? Can we get her unpopular opinion? Oh my gosh, we just right went right, right into it. it. Okay, Mexican. go ahead. So our iconic question that we ask all of our guests before we start is what is your unpopular opinion? 
an unpopular opinion. I think that like I'm thinking about the context of human design right now. I think obviously I've built a career around human design and I love it. And I also, I think the like, unpopular opinion might be that like, I still think it's just a tool. For me, it's not about this system is true and everyone has to believe it. I'm like, take it or leave it. It's just, if it's useful, great. If it's not, let it go. And so I think the unpopular opinion is probably that my orientation is not whether it's true, but whether it's useful. And I think a lot of people in traditional human design, which is definitely where I came from, might be a little bit judgy about that. Mm, there's yeah. definitely mixed camps, I think. People get super judgy. Always. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just feel like the deeper I get into something, the less dogmatic I become. I'm just like, okay, I can be much more flexible about this. We but like a flexible. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're fluid with this. So let's dive into it, though. What is human design for people who are hearing this for the first time and they're like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. Can you break break it down for us? Of course. So human design is a system based on your time, date, and place of birth that reveals your energetic blueprint and how you're uniquely wired to thrive, whether it's in romantic relationships, friendships, parenting, career, any of the things. It just gives us each our own roadmap. But I think the magic to me is that human design not only gives us all this juicy self-knowledge to work with, but all these tools to actually put it into action. So it's very practical and very grounded in the information it offers. Mm-hmm. What is the main difference because I think this gets categorized in this gets categorized in one category of like woo woo if you will (laughs) what is the difference between astrology like we have the Enneagram you have Myers-Briggs like what makes this different from all of those other modalities yeah well one I'll just say that I think all the tools are useful I think for me, human design resonated on a really deep level because it just felt like I had never received such specific information before. But just for context, human design brings together many different systems from astrology to Kabbalah to the chakra system to the I Ching. So it does, astrology plays a role, but they are very different systems. I would just say with astrology, it's just like a different system. It's different information, but it's super aligned. When you look at Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or Finder, those are systems that you diagnose yourself what you are, taking a quiz or whatever form it is. And I think human design is very different than it's based on your time, date, and place of birth. And I think why I personally love that is that I think that sometimes we can get a bit in our head about what we are and why we're taking the test. Mm-hmm. And I think the human design reveals all the things that we're very conscious of about ourselves, but all these unconscious things that we often don't see. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think that's been so useful being in a system like human design that I might not have answered those questions that way. So what is it like getting into the meat of it? What is it actually looking at or telling you? So basically, once you get the time, date, and place of birth, this chart is outputted similar to a natal chart. And then I, when I'm talking to somebody about their design, I'm analyzing their chart. And the things that it gives you is like, how do you use your energy best? How do you create opportunities in the most aligned way? How do you make decisions? Like, how do you work best with other people? What are your biggest challenges? How do you work with those? What are your strengths? You know, how to market yourself. So it gives us kind of lots of different pieces all around that. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side of that, what does human design not tell you? Like, what is it not, not useful for, I guess? Totally. It's not predictive. It's not going to tell you that you'll be in a certain place in five years or that you're going to meet this person. And I also think it like doesn't tell you specifically you are going to be in this career or you can only date this kind of partner. I always say that human design doesn't limit what we can do. It just like lets us know how we'll do it best. So like any type can be an entrepreneur, any type can be whatever, but they're all going to do it a little bit differently. So not predictive and not here to tell us what we can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. So we are obviously in a very largely database 
mm-hmm. profession, very research. And so I'm curious when you're talking to people who are the naysayers or the people who are like, this is woo woo, like this doesn't, this doesn't align with anything that makes sense to me. How do you talk to those people? Like, what do you say to bring some information about it? Yeah, I think that I work with a lot of skeptics. I've done a lot of work in corporate spaces with human design. I think that similar to what I shared with the unpopular opinion, I often just say, this is an amazing tool and it's also just a tool. So if I share anything today that doesn't feel supportive or useful, let it go. Mm -hmm. If it feels good, take it. And I also remind people that like, at the very least, it gives them an amazing language and framework to think about how they each operate. Mm -hmm. And my experience is often the most skeptical people love it the most. And they're often people that are just like, I don't want to believe this, but it's so true. So tell me everything. And so, (laughs) but I think that like, I really have to preface it with the fact that like, I'm not trying to convince them of anything. I'm just introducing the concepts and they get to choose whether they resonate or not. And so I find that like that often makes it far more accessible than if I walked in and was like, this is the truth. You must believe it. Right, right. Well, okay. so I want to go into some specifics about human design and cutting it down. And our goal here today really is to help all of our community, right? Our selfie listeners, Mm -hmm. like we're going to be learning about ourselves. So can you break down and explore each type and maybe start at the very beginning of Human Design 101 and break it down for us? Of course. So in Human Design, just for context, everybody's type is like so, so unique. Like you don't really have like identical designs. But at the highest level, there are these categories that we can fit into. So there are five different types to start. Generators, manifesting generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. So I'll start with Generators and manifesting generators. And I know, Victoria, you're a generator. generator. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear your thoughts after I share. So (laughs) generators and manifesting generators are really here to be the doers, the ones that have such extraordinary energy to hold and create and make things happen when they are so lit up and excited by what they're doing. And the more satisfied you are, the more energy you have and the more you uplift everyone around you. So a big lesson for both these types is just having really strong boundaries, Mm -hmm. saying yes to what feels right, what they actually feel available for, no to the rest. And I would say manifesting generators in particular tend to be quite multi-passionate, like moving their energy between lots of different things, move very quickly. Generators are a little bit more about mastery, like Mm -hmm. diving deep into one thing and then moving on to the next. Again, these types are very similar, but that's one distinction. And then I would say, finally, your strategy in human design for both of these types is about letting things come to you. You're not really designed to chase after things. You're meant to wait for things to kind of come to you, light up your gut, and then that kind of lets you know where to put your energy and when. And the last piece that I would just share is you are this natural doer. And so an ideal day for you is probably one where you wake up super energized and excited. You use up your energy throughout the day, whether it's working, recording podcasts, spending time with friends, and then you drop into bed like delightfully spent and exhausted and wake up recharged again. Yeah. 100%. How does that feel to you? Oh my God, it's completely aligned. It's really funny because I think when I started diving into this, just thinking about the my life path, right? So even becoming a nurse, right? So, you know, specializing in NICU, that was something that for me felt it aligned perfectly and going through the mastery of it over the years was phenomenal. And then when the idea or the concept of starting this podcast and growing this and then with Sam and I together, it's been something that I feel like is very like, this is my yes, right? It's like, the thing that I want to focus on the most and the thing that I want to grow the most and this community. And it's funny because I've had other things come in along the way. And I'm definitely someone that has to feel like if it's it has to be 100% yes for me to really commit to it now. Like I'm very self-aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so good driven in your design. So it's very much like full body yes or just like not at all. Not everyone's going to have that at all. But like 
for you, it's like when the energy is there, like you can be such a force in making that thing happen. Mm -hmm. So it's often worth waiting for that. Mm, okay. Sam, do you recognize the, these these things in Victoria? Well, no, when you were describing it, I'm like, yep, that's her. That <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. I'm interested because I know in even our show notes, it says examples of historical oh. figures or celebrities or athletes that are those. Do you have any Who's a good generator like, that comes to mind? Oprah's a good generator and the Dalai Lama. Manifesting generators, Rihanna, Lizzo. Mm, love that. Okay. And I'm trying to think of more historical figures but there's I mean I always look at the celebrities and people that are around right now LeBron James is a generator I just did a profile on him but again like what a great example of like kind of mastery and then like Jessica Alba is a manifesting generator like pursuing lots of different things mm -hmm. same with Rihanna in terms of creating a lot so yeah. what's the difference between manifesting generator and generator because you're a manifesting generator I'm a generator oh you're generator. just a generator right okay mm -hmm. okay so, Oprah. so they're very <laughs> okay LeBron so <laughs> over here they're very similar types and some people group them together. So if you resonate with one or the other, then that's perfect. The main difference is that manifesting generators tend to be quite multi-passionate, moving their energy between lots of different things. They often kind of pivot and shift and reinvent themselves. And one of their gifts is efficiency, mm -hmm. finding the quickest way to get from A to Z and can skip some steps along the way. Mm -hmm. Whereas generators yeah, might be a little more, I want to focus on this and then this. And it even might be mm -hmm. three things, but each day has a different focus. And then really often mastering that step-by-step -step process. Mm -hmm. But both doers, both here to let things come to them. Yeah, I love that. It's funny because maybe like something that comes to mind for me, for example, would be here I am, we're producing the podcast, but the idea of getting into YouTube, because that's been something in the, in the back of my head. But mm -hmm. honestly, I've been like, it's a no for me because I know I can't master that right now. I just don't have the time or the energy and the output. So it's yeah. just like a great example of like, I think it very much aligns with with that for totally me. totally yeah and, and that desire is to be like i'm going to really focus and go deep on these things so what are those things mm -hmm. when it can be like youtube in the future but not until Correct. your gut gives you a full body yes is it the right use of your energy right. okay i want to hear about projectors <laughs> yeah me too projectors so we think tori predicted this i did she kept saying this i'm like mm -hmm. i don't know what that means but tori keeps saying i think you're a projector so projectors are really here to be leaders guides advisors teachers not here to do all the doing and so basically their energy, they can have really powerful energy to make things happen, but it often ebbs and flows. And so you might have a burst of creativity and then you need to rest and then a burst and then rest. And so building moments of rest and space into your day, which I know is not always feasible, is often the best thing for projectors. Projectors are very, you know, I'm also a projector, like we're pretty prone to being overzealous and doing too much. And so a big lesson for us is like stepping back and knowing that our gift is not really in how much we can do, but it's really in our perspective and how we see. Projectors are so innately sensitive to and wise about people. They make amazing podcasts, so it's coaches, like working in healing professions, therapists, whatever it is. Like, But I think that it's so important for them to really take good care of their energy and not try to keep up with everyone around them. And then the last piece that I would share is that projectors are really here to be invited in. They're not here to chase after things. They're not here to initiate. Mm -hmm. They're really here to wait for the right people to really invite, invite them in, recognize their value, and create a stage for them to shine on. That's crazy. Because they often bring really different gifts. Wow. How does that feel, Sam? I mean, me who showed up 10 minutes late today and is super stressed out because I have way too much going on and like, ah, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that oh. nailed it. I so I totally yeah. sitting here like yeah, patting my leg. But I also like think be the leadership aspect is huge. I, for me, this is what came to mind. I just yeah. think that this very much resonates in her court. And I think you do take on too much, but I do think there's also the, you're really good at seeing the things that like the inviting in, right? When you see an opportunity, you know when it's right for you. 
Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm also, I'm more of a director. I like to mm-hmm. direct everything yeah, and yeah. let everyone do their job that I told them to do. <laughs> yeah, they're really good, like, stewards of other people's energy. <laughs> Who's a you good... And... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask good projector? who the, the good actors, actresses, or someone of oh, historical figure yes. that might be a good projector. Taylor Swift is a projector. Feels like that was exactly what you wanted. Yes. Did you, did Tori uh, see that feel secretly? She did not. Right. Jada Pickett-Smith is a projector. Obama is a projector. Oh, wow. I love me some Obama. Um, oh, wow. Nelson Mandela. Okay. Yeah. I kind of want to hate on Jada, but then I've had someone tell me that I'm like... You've got that energy. With the, with the dating life. Yikes. I love it. So and and so that's just again because you guys are really different types. It can be useful to think about ways you can best support each other. So one way, Victoria, that you can support Sam is really recognizing her, offering her words of affirmation, like really inviting her in and creating those opportunities for her to shine. Mm, I love this. It's perfect. And what about okay. on the flip side? And, how can I support this generator? Oh. Or, for generators, they're really here to respond to things, like I said, in terms of waiting for things to come to them. And so a really useful thing is giving them things to respond to. Mm-hmm. So an example of that would be instead of asking Victoria like a super open-ended question, what do you want to do today? Or like, where do you think we should go? If you give Victoria options and like specific things, like do you want to go out for dinner, cook at home? Are you excited about this guest or this guest? Uh-huh. You might find that she can immediately be like, this one feels right, this one doesn't. Mm-hmm. So when you give her specificity, it's easier for her to bypass her mind and get her straight into her gut. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes sense. for you, Victoria? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because the one time we did have a bigger argument i was just asking all these exploratory open-ended questions Mm -hmm. and then she was getting frustrated with me because she's like i don't know and i'm like i didn't say i'm just trying to explore the every avenue and like all the what ifs and like different ideas and it was like that it wasn't how she was processing processing and responding well to that and that's how i want to talk and communicate i want to explore Bigger. Big, all options, like worst case to best case to everything in the middle and have a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Mm-hmm. And she's just totally. like, no, I don't have an answer. Like, what do you? And I'm like, yeah. I don't want an answer. I just want to yeah. what if I want to mm-hmm. play what if. <laughs> and it was not syncing up <laughs> together. That's a line. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like in those moments, it's not that she doesn't know. She's just not being asked in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so- and even for you, for you, Victoria, be like, oh, it's like, can you try asking me in a different way? Because I want to. I want to collaborate here, but the way that you're asking me isn't really helping me connect to my gut. Yeah. And then what's the last? Two more. Oh, two more. Manifestors and reflectors. So manifestors are the disruptors, the innovators, people that are really good at getting things started and initiating. Not really here to do all the doing either, but often getting things off the ground. They tend to be people that thrive with a lot of freedom, autonomy, control, not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way, here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. And they also do work in bursts. So they often will have bursts of creativity over a couple hours, days, or weeks, and then pull back and then have another burst. And so for them, it's about honoring the ebbs and flows. And their strategy is all about initiating. So making the first move and trusting the urges that arise within them. And also making sure they keep the people around them in the loop. If they don't let people know or communicate to people, people can be quite resistant and it can be harder to bring their ideas to life. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then for those people... Who's someone familiar that we might be familiar with that is a good Yeah, Adele, Gloria Steinem, Tom Cruise. Okay. And often just like people that like just do it their own way, but also are very impactful. Like their energy, like you walk into a room and they just feel you. Mm -hmm. And so you just feel them. Are those, is the manifestors, they're typically like kings and queens. Is that correct? 
where a lot of teams they, have been. Managed. Yeah, like they're very natural leaders. But I think that the man, I think that like historically, Ra, the founder of Human Design, would talk about them being like initiating the, their way into leadership because they are very natural bosses mm -hmm. and they're really good at taking the lead. But I think that now I work with a lot of manifestor leaders and it's just like a different kind of leadership now. Like they often lead best when they can just like let people know what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And and they stay informed and like abreast of what's happening, but they often don't like micromanaging, being super in the details, like having to really check in on people all the time. Mm. Okay, love that. Then we've got reflectors. Reflectors are the rarest type and they are super, super sensitive to their environment and the people that they're around. So it's really important for them to be pretty ruthless about where they spend time. And they really ebb and flow in how they express. They will have days where they feel like a generator, like a projector, like a manifestor, mm. like a manifesting generator. And their job is not to show up in just one way or be just one thing, but honor whatever feels like them that day. Mm. And they're so innately wise and objective and can just see and sense things that a lot of people miss. Mm. And so it's really nice for them to be in environments where that gift is really recognized and invited in. Yeah. yeah. Fewer yeah, celebrities. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, a, it's the smallest group, right? Yeah, I wish that I had more celebrities, but Sandra Bullock is a reflector. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Ama. Ama is the hugging saint. She basically has given the millions of hugs. She's also a reflector. Interesting. So along those lines too, what is there like a most common type or like does that shift in history? Like is it the same? What's the dynamic there? It shifts slightly. I think the last, the like percentages that we usually go by is that generators and manifesting generators collectively make up between, make up 70% of the population. Mm -hmm. So 30 to 35% each projectors make up 20%, manifestors 9%, reflectors 1%. Okay. So once you put in your birth time, place, date, all that, and you yeah. figure out what you are, how do we go about diving deeper into learning about ourselves mm -hmm. or the human design? Yeah, I would definitely recommend starting with your type. And then the strategy piece that I mentioned a little bit in terms of projectors being invited, generators being given things to respond to. The next piece that I'd really recommend people dive into is their authority, which is how they best make decisions. So for example, Victoria, your gut decision maker, this is called sacral or trust your gut. It means that like you're designed to make decisions in the moment based on your gut feeling, mm -hmm. their visceral feeling in your belly. Whereas for you, Sam, it's intuition driven, which is actually different than the gut. It's not like a feeling in your belly. It's just like a quiet knowing, a whisper, a resonance. It's super, super quiet. And so for you, part of your work is getting quiet enough to hear it. I'm into sleep on things. So the authority piece is really, really useful. There's a piece called profile, which is really useful in helping people know how to align with their purpose and kind of get on track in their careers and lives. There's a piece called channels, which really speaks to our innate strengths. There's places where we are most sensitive. So there are lots of different pieces to dig into, but those are the pieces that I really recommend starting with. When, so you were mentioning, I believe, I don't remember which part of this. Okay, so the long story short is the nine centers. So yeah. to me, this kind of seems a little bit like Buddhism, maybe, or seems aligned with that kind of idea where you have this the sacral center, the throat center. But can you maybe break down the centers? How are they formed? And then what are they like in terms of like applying that to human design? So it is like an evolution of the chakra system. Basically, there are nine different energy centers and they just each govern a different part of our lives. So there'll be a center that governs how we handle emotions, how we handle stress, how we handle fear, how we work best. And so it's a really cool piece of our design to dig into. In the context of human design, those centers will either be defined or undefined. 
And basically what that means is that either it's an area of your design where you have really consistent energy. It's just like a thing that is you. It's your personality. It's how, what you put out into the world. Or it's undefined, which means it's where you're actually taking in everyone else's energy, mm-hmm. where you're really, really sensitive. And so to give you both an example, you guys both have an undefined emotional center. And so it means that according to your human design, both of you are very sensitive to other people's emotions and other people's feelings. And so if somebody's feeling a thing, you can amplify that thing and feel it at 200%. Mm-hmm. And it's such an amazing gift because it makes you such a beautiful empath and so emotionally wise, but obviously can be very overwhelming. I would imagine, especially working in a NICU. And so I think a big lesson for you both is really cultivating strong emotional boundaries. So it can be really useful to know in human design, what is the energy that makes us us that we can always rely on, which will be our defined centers? And then where are we the most sensitive and the most easily taken off track? And how can we learn to work with those? Mm-hmm. And those are our undefined centers. Mm. What are Does that the, make sense? Yeah. What are the nine centers directly? What are they? So there's the head center, which governs kind of inspiration. The mind center, which is all around conceptualizing ideas. The throat center, which is how we communicate. The identity center, which is really around kind of identity, purpose, love. There's the ego center, which is all about kind of willpower, self-esteem. The emotional center. The root center, which is governed stress and stamina. The spleen, which governs fear and instinct. And then the sacral center, which is all around kind of energy to work, vitality, persistence, sexuality. Mm. It's interesting because I think that's why I was so drawn to human design as a whole, because although I'm a generator, supposed maybe, you know, Sam was a generator as well. We could be very different types of generators and very different aspects to our strengths and yeah. the gifts. And that's why I liked it was it gives you an idea or maybe like a category of the type, but then also diving way deeper into yeah. who you really are as a person, which is why I think totally. I liked it. Well, I think that's my well, question. So, like, so, so yeah. if you get your type and you're a projector, but are projectors all like different when it comes to the nine different? All those pieces that I mentioned before in terms of authority, all that stuff, that's all beyond type. So basically you get your type and then there's so much more to explore. So yes, like when it comes to the centers, like there's one center that all projectors will have the same. And beyond that, there are eight different centers mm-hmm. that could express really differently. Interesting. So it's just like human design is so specific. Again, that's why the type is such a cool piece to dig into, but it also is just the first piece. Mm-hmm. There's so much more that kind of really reveals kind of the specifics of one's design. So your individual chart will go into those specifics then, like exactly. way more in detail. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Exactly. Like even like I said with the decision making, like you and I are both projectors, Sam, but you're meant to be a very spontaneous decision maker and I'm meant to be a very slow decision maker. And so it's just like, I don't know if you are spontaneous. Oh, I, I, I decide the second I decide I'm going to do something, it's done. Like yeah, oh, I'm exactly. going to Columbia I'm by doing... myself, done. Oh, I'm switching from NICU to flight nurse, done. Oh, I'm leaving that to go do, me- done. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Calling it's there's my engagement like, done. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. She's made a lot of spontaneous decisions. But they're not spontaneous. I mean, it's like you. I know that they're the right decision, but once exactly. I decide it's done, mm-hmm. I'm not going to wait on it. Well, and I love that because I think a lot of people that have that same decision-making authority as you, Sam, like they often don't trust the instantaneous feeling and then they'll sleep on it and then start questioning mm-hmm. it and then never act on yep. it. And so it feels like you have a very, I hear it and I act. Yep. So it really, it's, it's nice to hear that you're just already honoring that. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Deeping, like digging into this even a little deeper, can you explain the number system and how it applies to all of the types and like the whole human design? So, again, the 
it's totally beyond type, the the profile piece. So there, I'm assuming you're talking about the three, six, three, five. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in human design, we each will have a profile. There are 12 different profiles. Any type can have any profile. And the profiles are made up of six different numbers. So I can go through those briefly just to give yeah. you a taste. Mm-hmm. And so when I'll go, and so I'll go through numbers one through six. And again, if you're here in the song, you're like, this is a lot. We'll definitely leave opportunities to go deeper. I know human design can feel very jargony, but it's just because it is really specific. So I'll go through one through six. So if you look up your profile and you can look it up on humandesignblueprint.com, pay attention to the two numbers that make up your profile. So for Victoria, it would be three and six. For Sam, we're not totally sure, but we think it's a three out of five. So for anyone that has a one in their profile, they're very natural investigators. They're really here to dive deeply into things and are so insatiably curious and are really here to become experts and authorities in what they do. And they really thrive when they feel like they're standing on a solid foundation of knowledge. They've gone deep and they know what they're talking about. If you have a two in your profile, these people are very natural hermits. It does not mean they rent a hermit all the time, but time and space alone to be in their own flow is so, so good. And they often bring this kind of innate genius and talent to whatever it is that they do. The three, so you guys both have threes. You for sure, Victoria, you potentially, Sam. And the three is very much around the kind of experimenters. These people are really here to learn through trial and error, bumping into things, making mistakes, just trying it, getting your hands dirty. Like it's often not until you do a thing that you will learn all the things you could use to keep evolving and growing. So literally a big lesson. (laughs) It's the best way to learn. And it's such a beautiful thing for you guys to share. And like the biggest thing to watch out for is to not hold yourself back from trying something because it's like you're waiting for it to be perfect because like it's meant to be messy and you learn the stuff on the job and, and you're somebody that has to experience things yourself. Mm-hmm. And I would say also in terms of this podcast, like with the three, you guys both create a lot of value for the world when you share your own experience. I tried this. I made this mistake. I learned this. Like your journeys can be so impactful and so transformational for those around you. And so really not underestimate, underestimating the value of that. Does that resonate with you guys? Totally. I think so. 100%. It's like, yeah. We, I don't think we'd even have this podcast if that wasn't the case yeah. because mm-hmm. we're nurses, not podcasters. Now tech people, now sound and audio engineers and video editors, all these things that we've had <laughs> to just things. completely learn through trial and error. And, and we've been... Lots of error. And we share a lot of that. Yeah. And we share behind the scenes. Good. We like to because that's, I think, a big piece of both of us is just exactly in line with that. Like, we're trying it. We made mistakes. We've done all this. We So, yeah. We fail and then we, 100%. like, figure out something different. Like, mm-hmm. but we've... Very in line. Yeah. Us, yeah. Beautiful. I think it's good that yeah, we have just... that in line together, too, because otherwise... Yeah. I don't know how well it would even go the way that we navigate everything because there's been like two in the morning, just like things are, and we both have to just give each other grace. I've messed up things where I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. That's really my fault. And then she's messed up where she's like, I feel so bad. I'm like, don't feel bad. I've literally messed up so many times. And okay, but make mistakes. We learn and then we like have been able to move forward. And I think that's why this podcast is still just up and going. Otherwise Mm -hmm. we would have abandoned it a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And it's, it's great to hear that because this profile is so much around reframing your relationship to mistakes and failure and not seeing those as you doing anything wrong, but more as like fuel for growth. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what do we learn? How can we do better next time? Yeah. And so I, I so agree, Sam. It's such a beautiful thing to share. And it sounds like you guys give yourself such full permission to really lean into that. Mm-hmm. We have to. Yeah. It's like yeah. we're, we're just mm-hmm. out here winging it sometimes. Yeah. It's how you learn. Those who have a four, is it's so much around kind of community. They really are meant to be very impactful and influential in their community. And so having strong friendships, having strong relationships is so, so important for them. And and really all their opportunities are often meant to come through the people that they know. So Mm -hmm. really cultivating their community. 
For those who have a five, so this might be you, Sam, these people are very kind of practical problem solvers. They're really good at offering new solutions, coming in, saving the day, and like walking back out. A big lesson for these people is that not every problem needs to be solved by you. So being are really you sure? discerning. I, just, <laughs> I really think I'm, I'm pretty yes, sure I can uh, solve all of everyone else. I'm just kidding. You maybe but can, <laughs> but it might not be worth your energy. I and I think problem. the other piece, the other piece of the five is that people can very easily project things onto you. In terms of being like, hey, you could be this, or you could be this kind of friend, or this kind of partner, or you can save me this way. And I think a big lesson for you is to acknowledge what people see in you, but to not get swept away in it. So to make sure that when you're saying yes to a thing, it's because it genuinely feels like the best expression of your energy, and not just because somebody else sees that thing in you. Uh, yeah. Does that feel no. like that might be you, Sam? Totally. <laughs> Especially like I am a really good at fixing everyone else's problems or at least want to if, wanting to yeah even when I can't or shouldn't or yeah it's not my... and that's part of her too of taking on more and I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that right where you, you want to take it on or you do and then you realize like oh like I took on too much like that's probably resonates with a lot of people right it's like or especially yeah. with other yeah. people telling you kind of like what you described of being this type of friend or person or in relationship and it's like you're then try to be everything for everybody. And mm -hmm. you're like, no, that's, that's not even possible. Right. right. Totally. And I think what's often best for you, Sam, is that in your relationships, like you feel like you have a lot of space to just be like all that you are. You feel like no one's putting you on a pedestal and a box. It just feels like vast. You can be like, I can be all the things and I don't feel limited. Mm -hmm. The six, so that's for you, Victoria. And the people that have a six are very often natural role models, often good at seeing the higher perspective, often can offer very optimistic, objective guidance. People naturally trust them. But you're meant to live your life in three phases. So the first 30 years of your life was meant to be a time of tremendous trial and error. Just like trying things, like just experiencing as much as you can, like not a time to like figure it all out. 30 to 50 is really a time to invest your energy in what works, embody your wisdom in deeper and deeper ways. You might find that more and more people are coming to you for your perspective and like your ability to have that like higher sight. And you are meant to hit your prime when you turn 50. And this does not mean that like you've got to wait till then to, to be in your flow, but rather the older you get and the kind of more embodied you become in your wisdom, the more impactful you are. Mm -hmm. And when you reach 50, you're meant to inspire authenticity in others by just being so fully yourself. Mm -hmm. And so as somebody that also has a six and is a similar age, like, I think it's really nice to just be like, it's meant to keep getting better and better and better. And again, nothing to wait for, but it's like your authenticity, like, is meant to ripple out so much in the future where you're just like such a natural role model. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very, it seems very, very in line because I feel like for so long, it was a lot of trial and error. And then I feel like now starting to hit my stride, if it feels really good. Yeah, that's it's yeah. definitely in line with everything for yeah. sure. In terms of, I'm really curious about this because this is something where you go on and you put in the information. How has this all developed? Like where, like in terms of like the 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 founder of human design, like how was this developed? Do you have any like yeah. Yeah, background about that? Yeah. I mean, the origins are very mystical. The founder of human design, he's no longer alive, but his name was Rob. And he basically in 1987 was walking home in his, to his home in Ibiza one night. And he heard a voice and the voice said, it's time to work. And for basically eight days and eight, eight nights, he channeled the system, meaning that he just received all this information. And the way that he received it is that human design is one, like the first system of its kind, but again, pulls from all these different ancient, powerful modalities that can wrap them all into one because this blueprint how we operate at our best. Mm -hmm. And then he spent the next 20 years building it out. So it's not a thing that came from any scientific analysis. It's like, and again, it's, but 
that's why my approach to human design is what matters is whether it's useful and not whether it's true. Because I know that especially with the skeptics and companies I work with, like that story is wild to them. And so I think it's important to acknowledge it. Like it is wild that we could ever know this much information about ourselves based on our birth information. But like having worked with like tens of thousands of people, I just like, it's been confirmed so many times, every single time, like how useful this is mm -hmm. and how it often gives people a language for things they've always felt and known to be true about themselves and never really had a language for. So but those are the origins. It's pretty wild. And like you said, it's like in terms of it being in vogue, like when I first started sharing human design, it was not popular at all. It was like so out there, so fringe. And like, I would say it's in the last four years that it's really grown in popularity and awareness and which has been really cool to see. Mm -hmm. I love this. The aspect that I really, really loved about you and I think is really interesting is is how you apply it. So you have applied this and you've developed Blueprint, which I would love for us to talk about. But I really want to know when you're bringing this to corporate or when you're bringing this to companies, how do you approach this? Because even like thinking about for a lot of us out there, we're looking for ways to really help our work cultures, right? And we're looking for ways to really optimize our work settings. And healthcare tends to be, as I said, very data-driven, research-based. But this seems like sort of a road that I think would help a lot of people, right? Like really understanding ourselves. And But I'm curious how you apply this in the workplace and how do you approach it? Yeah, I think that human design has so many powerful applications because it really deepens understanding of ourselves and each other. I think why I was drawn to human design and business is that we spend a lot of time working with our colleagues in whatever form it is. And when we really understand how they work best, things can flow so much better. So my work with teams is really about helping them understand each person and how to uniquely support and manage each person so they can flow better as a team. Mm -hmm. Because somebody might be really independent, hate meetings, need lots of space, whereas the other one like loves collaboration, you know? Somebody might be a really fast decision maker, the other person needs a lot of time. Some person needs, one person needs specific questions, the other person needs open-ended. So I think, and you can also look at gaps in teams and what support they need. So that was why I got into it, is that I just knew that understanding each other on a deeper level would help the efficacy and functionality of teams mm -hmm. hugely. I think in terms of my work with teams, like I'm a projector, like Sam, I'm really here to be invited in. So human design is such a new system that like me going to pitch companies has never really been the approach. I think that I just share the work that I do and the right companies invite me in. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's been, I really assume that teams would be really skeptical and I just haven't had that experience. And so I think that it's useful in a lot of settings. And like you said, in healthcare as well. Mm -hmm. And just at the very least to just be like, how can like we each support each other? We're a team here. How can we really understand each other on a deeper level? And human design offers us such beautiful insight into that. Mm -hmm. What about with like your interpersonal relationships? Have you had Jacob do this, Tori? You know what? I have not. And I, we need, I need to. I'm curious because I, I have a hunch. I think he's a manifester, but I don't know. But yeah, I, that's a good question. Like partners. It's amazing. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, it's like, it's so widely applicable. Like I think with romantic partners, it's amazing. And with business partners, because like we so often get tripped up when we want someone to be more similar to us or different than what they are. Mm -hmm. And human design just lets you, and often we're taking things so personally, like, why are you doing it like this? Or why are you doing it mm -hmm. like this? And human design just like, helps us understand all the energetic dynamics so we can work with them but not work against them. So I so recommend it for partnerships. It's so useful and often so relieving mm -hmm. for partners to learn how to honor their differences rather than resist them. Parenting is also another amazing application. That's what I was going to ask for kids. I think yeah. that this would be Just wonderful. It's amazing because often what happens is that kids express their design so purely when they're young. Mm -hmm. Like I sit with a lot of parents and they're like, oh, they're 100% that, but then they get conditioned out of it. As they grow, they're like, oh, I should be like this or I should try to do this. And they like fit into another box and later in life they come back to it. 
And so when you're really giving a kid permission to be who they are from day one, it's really like, it feels like one of the best things that we can do. So that I would guess is probably the most powerful application. Anything that involves people and working together and being around each other, human design can be so transformational. Oh my God. I think as a parent, I would 100% do this right away. Like I was just thinking, I'm like, we should do this. I should do this for baby Trey, my little nephew. I'm like, think about how as a parent, this is such a great, great little tool to really help nurture and allow allow a child to grow into who they are. I think this is amazing. Like that's 100% I would do this. Exactly. Well, I think especially if you have even multiple children recognizing their differences, because I think something I'm still I get touchy about to this day is I was always labeled as the oversensitive child and totally. stuff yeah. like that. And that I'm too oversensitive and too emotional. And I'm like, no, it's a gift. <laughs> I'm not. I'm Wait, just very different than my siblings. But for reasons, it's not like I'm just overreacting or over emotional and I feel like that's always been such a triggering word to me when like people tell me that I'm like get mm -hmm. super that yeah. gets me all riled sure. up when people say that yeah what's well, interesting I think that like I work with so many parents of projectors and I think it's like such a reminder especially in a family of a lot of generators or a lot of doers it's mm -hmm. like reminding them like this kid is taking all that energy in so just be conscious of that and give them plenty of space and time alone like don't expect them to keep going and like in terms of the overly emotional piece like Sam, your design is about being so empathic to other people's emotions. So often, like, it can be, like, not even you feeling all the things, but you amplifying what everyone else is feeling mm -hmm. because you're so sensitive to their feelings. And so it's, it's really, like you said, it's such a cool tool. What you say? Oh, it's just so funny that you say that because for work, I'm in this leadership development program, and we've had to take four different personality yeah. type assessments and leadership assessments and blah, blah, blah. And we took an EQ self-assessment and yeah. my three highest scores on my EQ assertiveness which I'm like well obviously <laughs> and then empathy was the second one and then the third one was yeah. like self-actualization but it's funny because but then emotional expression was my lowest one which is funny because I'm highly assertive but not good at I'm you. assertive for a lot of things but not with my own emotions and then I'm also very highly empathetic was my highest score mm -hmm. on that yeah emotional totally yeah, funny just how just that like, like lines up with this i find all the systems do it feels like they all give us different information but all like very like aligned complementary information yeah. but yeah i think going back to the parenting thing it's just really an amazing tool like you said because it is like each kid needs different support for sure and i think that it can be really hard to be in a position where we somebody wants us to be something different or doesn't understand this mm -hmm. and so to really feel understood in that setting can be so useful mm -hmm. i want to get into your your entrepreneurship story and you sort of took this and ran and i know you actually did hit some hurdles which i think is really good to talk about can you talk to us a little bit about blueprint and the background of that mm -hmm. and how you have created all of these amazing this course and the products yeah so I started working with human design, like I said, in 2015. And my first teacher was my first business partner. And we built a business together for two years. And it was focused exclusively on human design for business. And I will say it was very early for that. And I think it was really hard because neither of us really had any kind of business background. And also human design was not popular at all yet. And so it just required so much education. And so I walked away in 2017 because this job opportunity arose and I really remember just feeling like I was giving up on human design. I was so sad because I was like, this is such a golden system. There's so much to offer. I just wish I could find a way to make it sustainable. And then four months later, my partner, my now husband was just like, Aaron, like you love this stuff. Like you really can't give up. You got to try again. Just do it on your own and see what happens. And he built me a website on a weekend and I started doing it again. And it was so 
nice because I did it actually alongside the job that I had, which was so supportive. They loved human design. And so I was able to build up the business alongside a salary. And so I didn't have to put all this pressure on myself. And then when I was making a lot more in human design from then the job, then I was able to leave and jump into it full time. And I will just say that the big difference for me is that like, I love human design and that's what I'm great at in terms of all the other business stuff, not really my skill set. And so my husband became my business partner and he really helped create a structure that I could flow within. And so that has really transformed things in our business. And I think it just was me giving myself the permission to be like, I don't have to be great at it all. And like when I have the right support, we can thrive. Mm -hmm. And I think so our suite of products is like, we really try to keep things very simple. Almost our entire business just until last year has been built on the Blueprint book, which is a personalized guide all about your unique design. It's 55 plus pages. It walks you through all the pieces we talked about today and so much more. Mm -hmm. That's really been the primary product for almost five years. Mm -hmm. And then last year we launched our first course for those ready to become human design guides and coaches themselves people that wanted to dig deep in and dig deep into it. And so we're doing a live round of that now. So those are really the primary products, the blueprint book and the course. And then we also have a deeper membership to support readers and continuing education. Mm. But it's been an amazing journey and it's definitely has taken me, it's so much bigger and more magical than I ever could have imagined, but it's also not what I expected. Mm -hmm. I think that it's been really responsive to where we are in the world and what people want. Mm -hmm. Wait, that makes me curious. What is your number profile? I'm a six two. And so the six is very similar to Victoria. Like it's, and basically when I first started my human design business in 2015, I was, I was sorry, not 15, I was 25. And it was this really experimental time. I was just trying things. And then third, I'm 32 now, but 30 is when it really settled down. I moved from New York City to the woods, had a baby, the business mm-hmm. just became really aligned. So I have witnessed that transformation in my own life. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I love that. How's it been in yeah. terms of like motherhood and applying it to your place like where you're at now yeah it's been good I have a three-month-old tomorrow so she's young I'm not totally seeing all of her manifesting generator vibes come out yet (laughs) my partner did look it up probably within three minutes of her coming out (laughs) but it's been great I'm so excited to know her design it's been just transformational knowing my partner's design and I love having and we like had a feeling that her design would be very similar to his and it is so right now I'm in a house with two very different people than me so I'm waiting for a projector maybe someday but who knows but it's fun it's really fun to look it up and just see all these things not because I want to put her in a box but just because I want to create space for her to be really different than me that's awesome oh I love love that I seriously feel if you have kids like do this oh I 100% agree like Like, this is such a cool I kind of want to like even just find out what like my niece and nephews are I know we're gonna it's already said like I'm gonna be the safe space when they're in teenagers and they need to come live with their rich aunt Sammy then my house will be open doors for them yeah it's amazing it's such a cool and for young people in the course some people cut all their kids charts up and it was just so fun because their kids are two and they just already see it so much Mm -hmm. and they're like this makes so much sense Mm -hmm. and i've been like trying to train this out of them but that is them so i also forgot to mention we have a discount code for the blueprint book which thank you did you want it to be selfie yeah we'll do selfie selfie. thank you so much we are so thankful for that seriously the value in this i just think like i'm a big proponent of go to therapy but I'm also a big proponent of if you not all therapy is going to be helpful yep and if it's not even a right if it's a mismatch with the therapist and the person and sometimes you can waste time and money going in circles and you're not really getting to things because if you don't understand how you truly tick and operate as much as I've done all these other different assessments this year and now even just everything about this blueprint 
I could have saved a lot of time and money sometimes mm-hmm. trying to make sense of certain things of, again, going back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm emotional. I'm oversensitive. You spend oh, all this time trying to make sense of things when you don't really understand how you operate and to first have that foundation and then go back with that lens and then maybe work through some of the childhood things or other interpersonal relation issues you've had or whatever. But I think yeah. it's if you don't know yourself, you can only explore so much mm-hmm. grounds even in therapy and stuff. So when I read this stuff, I'm like, damn, that would have saved me a lot of trouble totally. if I knew this like, 10 this years ago or whatever. To me, yeah, I like, totally agree. the tool that we can use to sort of tell us things about ourselves that maybe, like you said, it's like confirmation mm-hmm. of like, okay, yeah. yes, this is me and this is something that maybe others see one way, but it's a gift, right? Yeah. And it's something that I'm yeah. actually very good at. And this is why I'm good in this area. And it's, it is, it's just nice to have something that sort of confirms who you think you are, who you know you are. But yeah. in- Especially if you're so different way. from everyone around you. I'm so different totally. than everyone in my family. So I always felt like I'm the black sheep. I'm the off one. I'm the oddball out. And it's like, I literally am not built like you guys. And I never will be. So I need to stop trying to compare myself or trying to fit in or be a certain way because it's Mm -hmm. never going to happen. We are Mm -hmm. so different. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And like, I just find that human design can be like the most kind of relieving thing to discover and the most kind of permission giving thing because I spend so much of my life trying to be everything that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And now I feel full permission to be exactly who I am and also to really support everyone around me in being the same. And sorry, not being the same, but being who they are. And I think I've had a lot of therapists and in my course and it was really cool because a lot of them want to integrate human design into their work because they're just like i want a foundation of how they under how they operate mm-hmm. and then i can work through that yeah. lens like you said and so like thing. it's just a really cool modality on its own mm-hmm. but it's also a really cool modality to layer onto existing ones whether you're a coach whether you're a nurse mm-hmm. i mean probably restrictions him yeah. <laughs> being a nurse in terms of asking birth information mm-hmm. but like just knowing how to best support the people that you're working with yeah 100 percent. let's say you're talking to someone who's listening today, we're talking to the selfie community who maybe wants to bring this into the workplace and wants to see if this is something that could help in some way, shape or form. How would you recommend it? Would we, or what's a good way that they can start this kind of process? Yeah, I think honestly, the best place is to just start with your own design. If you want to work with me, getting the Blueprint book is the best place to start. I find that where it's worked best with teams is one person will get really into human design and then inspire everyone else on that team to want to learn their designs as well. And so- and it's even a partnership, it's like you can do a partnership session, but start with you, right. dive into your own design, see how it resonates. And then people often like get so inspired to learn about theirs when they watch you living yours. Mm-hmm. So I would say start exploring on your own and then talking about it. And that often will generate a lot of excitement because here's the thing, even the most skeptical people want to learn about themselves. So if you give them an opportunity to, they're going to say yes, as long as you position it as like a really fun, cool tool and not like as a super weird one that like they must believe in. Mm-hmm. So I think living it yourself is often the best way to generate excitement around you. I mean, think about like literally a 50 page plus book about yourself. About you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like that is a genius. It's really appealing. I know. Yeah. Well, and just having that self-awareness sometimes because being able to catch yourself in the moment of mm-hmm. certain behaviors or things that you might be more just naturally that's your energy already goes to that place but being able to catch it in the moment and have that self-awareness I think is like the most helpful thing ever I agree I agree yeah and I think human design like I think at its heart is an awareness tool it just brings us awareness that we 
brings awareness that we operate and then we can start to like notice in every moment mm-hmm. where we're honoring ourselves and where we're not and where we're trying to be thing that we're not versus where we are just like really being who we are mm-hmm. so I think it can be really really useful to just stay aligned yeah do you have a good a tip or something for the selfie listeners or maybe a life motto framing it with human design in mind for the listeners anything good that comes to mind yeah I would say that can I give a little tip for each type yeah please okay it's a little easier with human design because yeah. it's, yeah, like, no, it's so wanna, specific. I'm yeah, like, God, same. general advice is harder. Yeah. I think as a reflector, just know how sensitive you are to your space. So I would just reflect on which spaces and people feel the best and really invest your energy there. I think as a manifester, it would just be trusting that you're here to be the first and pursue ideas that no one else has. So if you have an urge to do something, follow it, even if you've never seen it done before. I think as a projector, know that your perspective and guidance is so precious, but it's not for everybody. So really feeling like you were saying, Sam, you see how everything needs to be fixed, but not everyone's ready to be fixed. And so really just seeing who invites you in and where your energy is the most valued and treasured and really letting that guide where you put your energy. And then I think as a generator or manifesting generator, just taking inventory and asking yourself like what and who is lighting up the most, who's giving the most, most excitement, satisfaction. Can you invest more energy there? And also reflect on where you feel like your energy is no longer available for something and really considering whether you can kind of either delegate that thing or pull your energy out. Mm. Yeah, that's good advice for you. Uh, yeah, 100%. Like when you have school going yeah, on and lot. all these other different things, yeah. you have to just really like figure out where. I think that was a big thing for me is learning to say no and being okay with big that. Thing. So yeah. Yeah. Not oh, easy. Gosh. Is there anything else? Absolutely phenomenal. So fascinating. I just. I know so it's such a rabbit hole. Well, and I'll say this too, for anyone who's listening, I've listened to several of your podcasts. So if you guys uh, definitely, definitely, I highly recommend go listen because I've listened to different ones. And it's interesting because you do have certain podcasts where you've focused on, for example, in the business, in the workplace. This was sort of a 101, but I know that you've done some really extensive podcasts. So highly recommend all of you go check them out. They're wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Can everyone find yes. your podcast, all yes. your information on socials? All the goods. Yeah. On Instagram, I shared Erin Claire Jones and also at Human Design Blueprint. Our website is humandesignblueprint.com. So you can find the Blueprint book there. You can also find the course there if you're like, I'm ready to go in. Um, and the podcasts are not actually listed anywhere, but I've been on like 200 of them. So if you search Erin Claire Jones, Well, even if you just type in lot, her yeah. name in the search yeah, box, you pop them. up. And I, I've done, I really enjoyed them. It's it's nice because every single one you've done, I've learned a little tidbit. And I think it's really, really valuable for, for a lot of us. So, yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that. Well, thank you. And thank I you know so our much. selfie listeners yes. are going to love. Thank you so much for offering this discount. I cannot wait to deep dive into mine. I'm like so pumped. We're both. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for coming on. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so nice to be here. Definitely good timing having her on. Yeah. I, like I said, what the last month has been nuts. So it's kind of nice to rebalance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And kind of get into your unique talents because there's so many things I think that we brush off or we don't realize that's what makes us unique. And what we can bring to the world. I think that this is just a fabulous episode just to kind of find that again, get rebalanced, figure out what makes us us and apply that to you and the ones you love. And you guys, make sure you head over to her website, humandesignblueprint.com. 
if you guys use code SELFIE again, you're going to get 10% off of your Blueprint book. So we hope you enjoyed this show. And also, if you really enjoyed it, drop her a DM. Let her know what you thought of this. We love it when we get to hear from the guests on how much you guys loved it. It's just, it's a fabulous way for us to connect. Make sure you're following her. She's fabulous. She, her calming energy needed it. We needed this. And thank you so much, you guys, for being here with us today. Make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. And you can find all the goodies linked there in the bio for you. And thank you so much for leaving all of your reviews, five stars on Spotify. And if you drop a review on Apple Podcasts, just leave your IG handle so we can reach out and send you free stuff. Absolutely. And make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And stay tuned for a fun little bonus moments. Absolutely. We'll see you on Friday. Bye. Bye.